Hey everybody, this is Drew here talking to you. Uh, so this week we are sitting down with Chris Chambers, owner of C3 Gunworks out of Wichita, Kansas. And he's also a former SDI graduate. Very excited to have him on the show. Uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Ignition sequence start. Three, two, one. Lock and load. It's time for the gun rack with your hosts, Joey and Drew. All right, so we are joined today by Chris Chambers, owner of C3 Gunworks out of Wichita, Kansas. Uh, Chris, how are you doing, sir? Doing great. Fantastic to hear. You know, we are recording this. Uh, on July 7th. So we're about three days removed from the 4th. Chris, I know you're probably pretty uh, swamped with the soft opening of your business, but... Uh, Yeah, you know, we still, we celebrated the 4th. We shot off a whole bunch of fireworks and everything like that. But uh, yeah, so we just had our soft opening this past Saturday. And that was kind of hectic because you kind of figure out, you know, all the stuff that you still need to get set up and everything to get a gun shop running and work all your glitches out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I'm glad you had a good July 4th. So I mentioned it before, C3 Gunworks, you guys are out of Wichita, Kansas. Can I ask, was that, you know, sort of where you grew up or did you move to Wichita later? Yeah, no, born and raised uh, in Wichita, um, as well as my wife. She was born and raised here in Wichita, too. So, yeah, we, we've we been in the community. we got tons of friends uh, here locally in the Wichita area that are also really supportive of 2A, and they shoot a lot. So they're supportive of the business and, and everything we're doing. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's, that helps having that whole community already established, you know, especially if you're oh, for sure. the firearm, business. Yeah. Having, having good contacts in the firearms community is, is a huge part of being successful at any any business as far as gun community, firearms community goes. For sure. You'll have to forgive my ignorance. My main knowledge of Wichita is the Wichita State Shockers. Yeah. 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 That's about the breadth of my knowledge, unfortunately. Chris, tell me, what's your favorite part of Wichita? So growing up as a kid, so we're also known as the air capital because we have uh, about 16 different aircraft manufacturing companies in Wichita, which is a huge, huge part of the community. So always, you know, going to air shows and stuff like that and always seeing airplanes. I mean, you can walk out in Wichita at any time and look up and you're going to see a plane somewhere. So that's mm. that's really what Wichita has been known for for a really long time is the air capital of the United States. I had no idea. That is so fascinating. For sure. Um, before we talk, you know, a little bit about C3 and then, you know, also your time at SDI, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, sort of what your background with firearms is? How did you first become interested in firearms? Yeah, so when I was about 17, 18 years old, my grandmother has given me all of my deceased grandfather's firearms. Um, Mm -hmm. So one of those guns that I got was a Browning Sweet 16 semi-automatic. And 
when I got it, I mean, it was in pristine condition. It was sweet, very sweet gun. So from in between that time and the time I was about 23 years old, it's really a crazy story, but my mom put that gun in the trunk of her car when she was moving. And um, we had a really bad storm and her trunk leaked and basically oh, filled, up no. water, filled up with water in that gun, with that gun inside of it. So then I was out of town when all of that, all of that happened. And she took the gun bag sopping wet and just propped it up in the corner of the garage. Oh, didn't, no. Didn't tell me anything about it. Didn't tell me anything about it. So a buddy of mine calls me a couple weeks after I get back in town. He's like, hey, you want to go shoot some skeet? And I'm like, sure. Let me get my shotgun. So I don't even open it up. We go, we go all the way out to uh, where we were shooting at. And I open this bag, and it's just completely rusted shut. I mean, nothing on this thing the safety wouldn't even move oh no so i actually took it to a couple of gunsmiths here locally and they said they didn't even want to touch it they were like you know your 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 gun is it's trash there's i mean they were telling me best case scenario i could i could get it cleaned up and make it a wall hanger so i started doing some research on my own you know just kind of messing around with it and uh long story short i found uh places to to get old replacement parts for it i found out how to you know remove the old blue and the rust and re-blue it fortunately the wood was still good you know it didn't it didn't get affected in any way but i basically restored this thing on my own and it actually shoots today and really? I re- yep i re it and I just took my time with it, stripped it down. I had to strip it down to the bare metal and then uh, just did like a cold blue, you know, like the Birchwood Casey stuff, re-blued it and uh, replaced all the springs in it and everything, took it out, shot it, and, and it ran perfectly. It was just, it, it, it literally almost brought me to tears. You said you so, were how old? Sorry. When all that happened, I was 23, 24, but I originally got the gun when I was 17 years old. Mm, okay. And I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. Uh, no, I was just going to say, so that's when that's when I realized right then at that moment that I loved the feeling of taking something that was completely trashed or, or that, you know, I took to other professionals and they said, I can't do anything to fix this thing. And I took my time and found out a way to fix it. I knew right then that fixing guns, restoring guns, cleaning them, taking them apart, putting them back together. I mean, anything that has to do with firearms, I I just, I was immediately, I fell in love. Mm. So then uh, my wife, Stephanie, I start talking to her about it. And I was like, you know, they they always say you should do what you love, but, but how does somebody even start a career in something like this? And that's when we started searching all over the internet and found SDI. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. And thank you, by the way, for that setup. That was a wonderful transition. Should get you on to host the podcast sometime. So, you know, you were looking online. That's how you found out about SDI. What was it about SDI that appealed to you? The the biggest thing was that it was going to be two years and that it was an actual associate's degree 
and that I would be able to use federal grant money and stuff like that because all the other places I was looking, it just felt like it wasn't as in-depth. The courses weren't as, as deep. And also everything that I had to pay for had had to come out of pocket. I, I couldn't get any any help with it. You know, there was no grants, no no way I could get loans or anything like that to help me get through school. It was just all had to be paid up front. Gotcha. So was that your first like experience going to a university or a college or? Yes, SDI was so I so. Basically, when I got out of high school, I was like the prototypical, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. Yeah. I was going, you know, just wherever, where, who, who's paying the most, you know. Um, I was actually working at a trash company during the day when I was okay. going to at SDI. So, so, yeah, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I never used any, any grant money or anything like that before for any kind of college or anything. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, you know, you found out about SDI, and eventually you enrolled. What were, I guess, your first impressions, you know, when you started the courses? So, obviously, I had a basic knowledge of firearms, Mm -hmm. but I thought that it was really awesome that we were – you're basically starting from the beginning, right? It's it's a little baby step, right? So, it's not overwhelming. You're not just jumping to a whole bunch of, you know, really deep stuff that you have no idea what they're talking about or what, you know, where the course is going or anything like that. Sure. I mean, literally starts off with the basics, you know. So uh-huh. probably half of that stuff I knew, but there was also so much that, that I didn't know, and it was so in-depth touching on every single subject. So I was really impressed with just the way the courses started out, the communication between me and other classmates and like that was just really cool because obviously there were people that knew a lot more than me and there were people in my class that didn't know as much as me. Gotcha. I know you mentioned to us it was um that you have what five kids? I do. I have five children. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah, I got five kids and I was working a full time job when I went to SDI. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's gonna lead me into how was it trying to juggle and balance all of that? So I mean I'm not I'm not going to lie it was it was hectic it was crazy but because of what I was learning through SDI because it was firearms because it was everything firearms related I would have you know no problem staying up till midnight 1 o'clock in the morning just because it was something that if it's something that you love you'll stay up and do it and it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't Mm. feel like school. It feels like you're having so much fun because you're learning all this stuff that you, that you want to learn about. Yeah, I got, I get that. Would you say, I guess that balance was your biggest challenge or was there anything else that you felt was challenging while you were going through the program? No, it was probably, yeah. I mean, it was probably just the balance of work, school, kids, after school events for the kids, just you know, and, and that's why most of the time I worked on all of my stuff at nighttime. Mm. And you were saying that you'd start that late, but, you you know, you were enjoying it, which, you know, that's awesome to hear. Did you have a favorite course at SDI? Man, I, I loved it all, but probably 
I have to say my my favorite part of it was my capstone project, being able to – so I picked the uh, 80% lower AR-10, and what they sent me was a complete aero precision AR-10 build. So I got to mill out that um, 80% lower, which, like I said, I already had the basic knowledge of firearms and the AR platform and all that. But uh, there was just something about milling out that 80% lower – that really brought to light the understanding, the deeper understanding of how the AR platform really works. Hmm. I got one more question as far as, you know, I guess SDI stuff goes. Why would you say to anyone that was considering enrolling at SDI? I would, I would first say that if it's something you're truly passionate about and it's, it's something that you really want a career in, you definitely should enroll at SDI. I mean, there's, I don't believe there's any other place that's going to give you a deeper knowledge, a deeper understanding, and especially to say that you have a degree in firearms technology. I mean, places look at that, you know, and they just, they really don't have any more questions. I mean, if you, if you took two years out of your life and got that degree, you've obviously, you're serious about it, you're passionate about it, and, and it's something that you really want to do for the rest of your life. I appreciate that. So, you know, come 2017, finally we're able to graduate. And so for the next six years, you you mentioned you were kind of working on and off in the gun industry. I think you said in 2020 you started work at the bullet shop? Yeah, yeah, that's a local uh, gun gun shop here in Wichita. So, yeah, basically when I graduated, I was still working at the trash trash company. I went ahead and got my FFL because I thought I was going to open my own shop. You know, I thought that I was just going to, as soon as I get this degree in my hand, right, I'm going to go mm-hmm. to a bank. They're going to give me a ton, ton of money and we're going to open up a shop and just hit the ground running. Well, yeah. <laughs> so if anybody knows anything about business, that's, that's not how it works. So they, they basically said, well, you got to get some kind of, uh, some kind of experience, some kind of, you know, knowledge under your, under your belt. So I started going around to every, I went to every gun shop in Wichita and asked them even first if I could just intern. So I got turned down left and right every place until I went there, the bullet stop and talked to the owner of that establishment because I had a good friend of mine that was uh, good friends with the owner there. And we had about a 20-minute conversation, and I told him where I went to school, told him that I had my degree, and he hired me right there on the spot. So, like I said, as far as the degree helping me just open my shop right off the bat, that didn't happen. But when I got the opportunity, when I got the opportunity to uh, find somebody that I could actually present that to, I was basically a shoe-in. Gotcha. So you had the aspirations kind of from the start of starting your own business. Yeah. Um, Can you tell me, I guess, how the vision of what you thought your shop would look like back then compares to, I guess, how it's come to fruition today? Was there anything that you envisioned with your shop the past where maybe after some time it's kind of morphed and molded into, you know, something else, but, um, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, so, like, I never in my wildest dream would have imagined 
that we would have had what we what we're having today because when I thought I was going to open up my own shop in the beginning I thought I was going to be you know like in a little windowless windowless uh, garage you know <laughs> little small small building or whatever uh-huh. um, and that I would just be working on guns and that would be it well so over the last three or four years I've built such a a, a good relationship with so many other companies in Wichita and also all over the United States. So we're in a 3,800-square-foot building now that has a 1,800-foot classroom. So we've gone from, you know, basically just thinking about opening up this tiny little shop to now we're going to have a showroom floor. We're going to be selling ammunition. We're going to be working with some companies to get some firearms in here. We're going to have holsters, all kinds of stuff, basically all all-encompassing of firearms. So, and and then the other thing is, you know, we're talking about setting up classes, um, AR-15 workshops, you know, AR-10 workshops, just to bring people in that are kind of like, you know, they want to dabble in it, but they're not sure if they want to completely go all out. And, you know, I think it's going to be, I think it'll be a big hit around here because, People want to know how to work on their own guns. People want to know how to break down and clean their guns properly. And, you know, not everything you see on YouTube is always is always the right thing you should do sure. and <laughs> not always the best instruction. So we're going we're gonna to open up some classes, and we're going to have this place basically somewhere you can come to learn about all anything about firearms. That's really cool, though, like that. I feel like most people, when they start – dreaming of opening a business or they have a dream normally the dream is very big and then ends up you know the real product kind of it's like okay well you know it's not quite as big as we initially hoped for you know the dream but it kind of sounds like it's been the opposite for you you're kind of you know dreaming a little small you know working in the garage working on shop and it's kind of you know transformed and blossomed yeah completely opposite i mean i was aiming for I was just thinking very small. And then we had opportunity after opportunity. Everything just fell into place for us to get this huge building. And then I start talking to other people in the gun community. I start talking to my wife about different things that we might be able to do. And, I mean, it's just, yeah, I'm just, I'm mind blown now at our facility and everything that we're going to be able to offer, not only just, you know, to gun enthusiasts, firearm enthusiasts, but community outreach. I mean, we're going to do a lot of, uh, you know, safety classes. We're going to we're going to do community outreach stuff like that as far as, you know, helping people understand their firearms, uh, children, helping children and, and families know how to store firearms properly, how to use them properly and safely, because I'm sure as everybody knows, over the last couple of years, the United States has sold more guns in a three-year period than they did in 20 years. So, I mean, there are a lot of new gun owners, and not all of them know exactly what they're doing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I saw it was on guns.com. It was posted, I think, two days ago. I saw the headline, Americans bought over 1 million guns every month for the past 47 months in a row. Yeah. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. But, you know, you can always gauge, you know, the sign of the times by firearms purchases. I mean, people Mm. people know that they have that right and people want to 
be able to keep their right to do that. And also, I believe that they they want to know how to use the gun properly. They want to be trained. They want to know how to, to maintenance it, take care of it. And even if they don't necessarily want to do it themselves, there's getting ready to be a huge explosion of people that go out to the range, shoot their gun, but they don't have the time to clean it or maintenance it. And, and, and they're going to be looking for somebody like me or somebody that went to uh, SDI that has the knowledge and the capability and the tools to get those jobs done. Hmm. Uh, I was just looking at your website a little bit early before we started talking. One of the classes that you're planning on offering is a firearms cleaning class, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and I know this this might kind of sound weird because it's almost like I'm cutting myself out of the equation, but the difference between me teaching somebody how to clean their gun at their house, you know, with a with brushes and solvents and lubricants and stuff like that, is that here at C3 Gunworks, we will put their gun completely disassembled inside of a sonic tank um, and get that thing as clean as it's ever been since the day it was brand new. Now, what I can teach somebody to do at their house, if, if they don't want to drop $800 or $1,000 on a sonic tank, what I can teach somebody to do at home will still extend, you know, the, the life of their firearm and make their gun run more efficiently and, and the way that it's supposed to. But, you know, I always just have to throw out there, there's nothing that'll get that gun as clean as if you bring it in, have it fully disassembled, completely taken apart, thrown in the sonic tank, wiped down, lubricated, and put back together. So I, I always recommend, you know, to any of my customers to do that at some point in time because just, you know, cleaning it with rags and toothbrushes, you don't, you don't get all of that stuff out of there completely. Mm-hmm. And... uh yeah, you know, all the trainings that you have listed on your website, you're conducting those yourself? Some of them, yes. Some of them, no. So we have some, not only some NRA certified instructors, but we have some USCCA uh, instructors that basically, because we have such a large classroom, 1,800 square feet is our classroom size, that they're basically going to set up classes and then they'll be hosted uh, at mm. C3. So, so basically, we're going to be bringing in people. We're going to have people come in to C3 Gunworks just because they signed up for the class and necessarily didn't even know that we work on and customize and repair and refurbish all types of firearms and that we have ammunition and that they can order guns through us and that there's just a whole different world of stuff that they can do here that, you know, we want to let people know we're just not a place where we work on guns. We can mm-hmm. we can. Am- all of your questions and if we can't we're going to figure it out and use our resources to tell you how we can mm. you a bit of a uh, one-stop shop if you will trying, trying to be that yes sir cool deal man so you had your soft opening uh, how has reception been so far it's been good uh you know this is kind of a crazy time of the year because it's the 4th of July. There's so many people that are on vacation. There's so many people that are out of town. So mm-hmm. we didn't have like that really big boom on our soft opening, which is okay. Sure. Because we still have so much stuff that we have to uh, get put in the store, stuff that has to go on racks, stuff that has to be put away. 
but so our grand opening is going to be July 15th. And on that thing, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to be a pretty big boom. I mean, we're doing door prize giveaways. We're doing AR-15 raffle. We're doing, we're going to have food, barbecue, all kinds of stuff here. And I'm having some reps come in from different companies to kind of, you know, set up and showcase their stuff inside the shop. So we're hoping that's going to be a, a, a much bigger deal. Man, I might have to you know, find a way to get down to uh, Wichita by the 15th. It sounds like it's going to be awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, I'd love to have somebody from SBI here or at least have some of your guys' stuff set up in the shop because, man, I truly believe, you know, in SBI and what you guys are teaching and, how, and, and the way that you're teaching people uh, to work on and repair and customize firearms. Yeah, well, I'll have to mention that to my, uh, to my managers, see what we can do. What would you say the biggest challenge has been for you with getting your business up and going? The biggest challenge of getting it up and going? Uh-huh. Other than getting it up and going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's just so much to, to think about. You know, one of the hardest things was just waiting so long to get our FFL back. Uh, just the whole process of doing that can seem at times frustrating just because it's a long process and there's a lot you have to do. There's a lot that you got to have your ducks in a row on. I'd say that was probably one of the most stressful things for me anyways. Now, my wife, she handles a lot of the other business side stuff, but man, I'll tell you once that uh, FFL hit my hands, I almost did a backflip in here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, and I can imagine because, you know, everything I've heard about the process of getting your SSL, you know, it can feel, it is pretty tedious. And there is that stress of, there's not much I can do right now other than wait. Um, yeah. That, yeah. That was my thing is like, I'm sitting over here itching to work on some guns and I can't, I can't do anything because without that piece of paper, you know, it's everything could go sideways in a hurry. But yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, and I was sitting there questioning my my own self, you know, and I got a squeaky clean record, you know, I've never had, I've never been in any trouble <laughs> uh-huh. or anything like that, but I'm sitting over here like, man, they're taking fingerprints, they're talking to, you know, everybody that used yeah. to know me, and I'm just like, oh, three weeks goes by, and they're like, I hope we get it. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Well, this is a bit of a sidebar, but it's kind of loosely connected to that idea. So my wife, she has her background in like social work. Oh, right, right. And I remember it was only a couple of months ago we were talking and she's like, yeah, you know, I didn't see anything bad on your, um, your record. I was like, wait, well, what? <laughs> it turned out she was able to figure out there's websites for it where you can pull up your own record. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had no clue. So we were reading through it. And yeah, I've never done anything, but I would still, you know, kind of like, kind of as you said, I'd still kind of feel nervous. It's like, what if I did do something? What if there is something there? No one's full well. Yeah, well, they kind of looked up, uh, you know, the fight that I had with Johnny in middle school, or is that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I did, I did steal that piece of Wrigley spearmint gum from the Dollar General <laughs> when I was five. I confess. <laughs> You know, the teachers bringing up your permanent record back in the day, like that was a real thing. Right. (laughs) Oh, oh, well, cool, man. Yeah, just a couple more questions I want to ask you. So outside of firearms, 
do you have any hobbies that you particularly enjoy? Not really, man. I mean, so having five kids and, and being married, I mean, my, my kids, yeah, they're don't got the time off. for it. Not really. And I mean, so like that, that's the greatest thing about owning a gun shop, owning a gun repair shop, working on guns is when you love it, when it's your hobby, it's almost hard to believe that sometimes people are paying you to do this. I mean, mm-hmm. but as far as hobbies outside of work, man, it's just hanging out with the family, swimming in the summertime, grilling, uh, you know, yeah, I'm just, I'm big family guy. I don't, I don't really do much outside of, outside of family. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to ask you as someone who is married and, and you know, you have five kids, me, you know, I'm married, no kids yet, but I'd like to have some kids. What would you say is the number one piece of parenting advice that you could give? Man, just, you know, so I, so I got teenagers. I got, I got teenagers now. But the biggest piece of parenting advice is to just, I have to remind myself that I was a teenager. Uh-huh. Um, and that I, ha- I have to remember to be forgiving. I mean, it's just like, you know, I I hear about a lot of stuff that teens do nowadays, not not only from, you know, my friends, but just, you know, anywhere. And uh, you got to be forgiving and understanding that your child is not like you, does not think like you. They're not where you're at and they're going to make mistakes. Um, Mm -hmm. They're going to, they're going to have all kinds of problems, especially in today's world that, that, that we didn't even have to deal with, but you just got to be forgiving and understanding that that'd be my biggest piece of advice. Yeah, that is a good point though, because like things have changed so much. So much. Yeah. I want to say it was last week. We had another guest on the show and um, I asked this question and I thought it was kind of a fun one. So I'm going to ask it to you. If you could choose one firearm to work on, that you haven't been able to work on yet, what would you choose? That I haven't been able to work on yet? Yes. Um, man, that's a tough one. Um, it would probably be, man, probably the M60, you know, Rambo, Rambo's gun just hopping out of the jungle, that big, that big M60 just yeah. rumbled. Because I, because, when I was a little kid watching that, I thought that was the gun. Everybody should have one of those, right? Right. That's, if that's America, I don't know what it is. And, oh. you know, you think when you're, when you're looking at Rambo, that thing, you know, he's out there running around in the jungle with it. That thing is a heavy gun. You know what I'm saying? That's not a little, that's not a little light gun, but that's, yeah, that'd be like my dream to take one of those completely apart and clean that bad boy and put it back together. And then obviously mm-hmm. have the opportunity to go shoot it. Yeah. Well, you have to have the, uh, you have to have the tank top and, you know, the headband. Oh, the bandana. Uh, yeah. Profusely and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it, you got to go full out, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Cool. Chris, dude, thank you so much for, uh, you know, reaching out for coming onto the show. It's really exciting to hear about uh, you know, your journey has been so far and w- where you guys are headed now. Where best can our audience keep up with what's going on with C3 Gunworks? 
So the majority of our stuff is going to come out on Facebook. That's where we that's where we post the most. Facebook, Instagram, and it's just simply C3 Gunworks. You can also check us out on our website, c3gunworks.com. Yeah, all of our information, all of our updates, all the discounts and all the stuff that we have coming up is mostly going to be posted on, on, on our Facebook feed. Awesome. So, yeah, definitely go check that out, you guys. Chris, thanks again, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you for having me, sir. It was great. It was our pleasure. All right, everyone. We want to thank Chris again for coming on to the show. Um, until next week, that has been The Gun Rack. Have fun, stay safe, and we will see you at the range. Sonoran Desert Institute is an online school accredited by the DEAC. It is headquartered at 1555 West University Drive in Tempe, Arizona. For more information about how you can craft your firearms future, visit sdi.edu.